You're listening to Theology and Apologetics with Thomas Fretwell, bringing theology to life. Welcome to this special Christmas edition of the podcast. I'd like to just take a a moment now just to wish all of my listeners a a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May you know the Lord's blessing today, even in the midst of this testing year and these testing times that we've been having. I'd like to just give a special dedication, a shout out to Chris and Anna Beveridge, who are supporters of the ministry. Thank you both so much for being uh, such a blessing. And again, I pray uh, the Lord would bless you this year. Let's now listen to our text for this study. It is called The Prince of Peace. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Christmas Eve, 1914, Flanders Fields, Belgium. The Great War, World War I, is waging on the Western Front. This was to be one of the deadliest conflicts in human history. Over 16 million people lost their lives. At a time when hope was lost, light was almost extinguished in a dark world. And people longed for peace. Yet one night, a miracle happened. The bitter warfare of the trenches had been raging up until December the 24th, 1914. The soldiers, cold, knee-deep in muddy water, their feet rotting, trying to stop the rats, eating their few meagre rations. The sound of shelling stopped. The night was broken by the chorus of the German troops singing Silent Night.
Allies responded with the first Noel. And then both sides sang, O come all ye faithful, together. A spontaneous movement of peace was observed as the troops celebrated together the Saviour's birth, even if from the inside of their trenches. But then the unimaginable happened. The troops started stepping over into no man's land, waving white flags. They looked at one another, they looked into the eyes of the enemy, but they shook hands, they exchanged gifts, they buried their dead, they even held Christmas services. Authorities on both sides were furious and such an event never happened again during the war. And as we think of this unusual and miraculous event, what really amazes me about it is that if you think of it like this, for even one night when the focus of people's hearts, people who were at that moment enemies, but when their hearts and the words of their lips were turned toward thoughts of the Saviour, the fighting stopped and a glimpse of true humanity was seen briefly that night. Now, of course, this is but a shadow of what is meant by the title Prince of Peace that we heard read from the text of Isaiah earlier. To most in this world, peace is simply meant to mean no fighting. But this sort of peace is only ever temporary. Real peace must be affected by changing the hearts of people involved. And this is what the prophets of old were talking about. The Hebrew word translated peace is shalom. When you ask someone, how are you in Hebrew, you say mashlomcha, which means literally, what is your peace? The word means completeness, wholeness, soundness. And in the context of the biblical text, it is referring to peace with God through a covenant relationship. This is the, the vital thing we have to understand here. It's peace with God through a covenant relationship. Isaiah 52 verse 7 says this, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and who brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, Your God reigns. So notice in that text, who announces peace and who announces salvation are the same thing. Peace and salvation are linked. Colossians 1.20, it says, Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Peace with God through the new covenant. And the new covenant was instituted by the blood of the Messiah as he shared and gave his life for us all those years ago. And when this new covenant is fully implemented, ultimately this will include a cessation of all earthly hostilities and supernatural hostilities. For the rest of that verse in Isaiah 9 verse 7 says there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish it. A government, a throne with a king upon it. This is the future culmination of the Christmas story. This is how the birth of Christ is announced in the Gospel of Luke. Listen to these words. This is from chapter, uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. 
and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. You notice the way the, the words there in the Gospel of Luke are really just echoing the sentiment found in the prophet Isaiah, the kingdom ruling over the world, uh, having no end. It's the same as saying forever and ever or forevermore like Isaiah does. And this is really what we're celebrating. When we, when we think of Advent, the arrival of the Prince of Peace, of the Messiah, the King, the first Advent that we look for, what we celebrate in the past assures us of the future to come when all hostilities will cease and when the Prince of Peace sits on his glorious throne. This is the fulfillment of the Christmas story and we need to make sure that we are a part of it because it was written for us. Amen. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. God bless you.